0: this sermon is titled gifts of healings and working of miracles be enriched as you listen all right so let's spend some
1: time in god's word and then pray together you know the last sunday of each month we have designated it as a supernatural sunday as a sunday where we intentionally emphasize uh, the supernatural aspect of the word of god of of god and his work and his ministry want to encourage um, all of us to, you know, to stay open uh, to the supernatural work of God. You know, sometimes, and I was just thinking about this, sometimes uh, ministry and church gets so sophisticated. And I was thinking like, wow, you know, you think about what goes on, goes into just having one Sunday morning service. You know, you, so much of technology involved these days, It's pretty sophisticated, you know, all the things that's happening behind the scenes, the live stream that's happening, and all the equipment that's set up there. I mean, you don't see all that. You just see the LED screen here. But there's a lot of stuff happening. These cameras, the people watching online, and those moderators online. And I was thinking, wow, church has become so sophisticated. And then during the week, you know, there's a lot of other things happening uh, You know, on the internet. Through the internet, we're reaching out. I think we have people uh, I don't know. I don't know what the count is, but over 150 nations accessing all our resources and a lot of things that are going on. And just to I, I thank God for all of this, right? I'm not against all this. It's just amazing that um, through technology we're actually impacting just nations and. And uh, uh, next, actually on the 8th, we'll be having a Bible college graduation service. And uh, we have students from so many different parts of the world. Some of them want to come and study here uh, in India once we open up campus. So it's also wonderful they'll be able to impact nations. But it's pretty sophisticated. You know, uh, I was thinking, God, uh, the early church was pretty simple. You know, uh, things in the book of Acts was pretty simple. It was the spirit of God working through people. They didn't even have the New Testament. They had, of course, they had the Old Testament written scriptures, but that was communicated to them, and then everything that Jesus taught was communicated verbally to people, and uh, and yet they were so powerful. They were so impactful. because of the work and the move of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, uh, while, you know, uh, we do and we must use the methods and the technologies and all of that, because it does give us reach and access, and we're we able to serve people, all of those things are good. Uh, we must not forget the basics, the, the core of who we are and why we are doing what we're doing. Uh, we must not forget the Word of God and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Thank God for technology. Those are just tools. They're just vehicles, medium, through which we serve. But we must never forget the simplicity of our faith, the Word of God, and the work of the Holy Spirit. And so in you know, one of the things we really want, and I was just praying, I said, God. Maybe never forget that. You know, as sophisticated as things get, maybe never forget the simplicity of uh, the Word of God and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Just what the early church, and that's the DNA of the church. That is how the church was born. That is how the church was birthed. And if anything, it has to become stronger, better, and bigger in our day and time through the church. Amen? So today... Uh, in order to just prepare us for a time of prayer and ministry and expecting God to work supernaturally, I want to talk to us today about the gifts of healings and working of miracles. And these are two gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, of course, in the Bible, you in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, you read about the nine gifts of the Spirit. I want to focus on just two the gifts of healings and working of of miracles. So if you have your Bibles, let's read the text. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 Corinthians 12. We'll just read verses 7 through 11. We'll just uh, read some scripture today, not too much, um, and uh, share a few thoughts, and then we're going to pray together. And I trust that as you hear the word of God, you'll be encouraged in your faith to believe God uh, for the works of God in your life. And those of you watching online the same, even though you're not here in the auditorium, wherever you are at home, expect God to minister to you powerfully. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verses seven through eleven. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For the one is given by for the one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Now, if we've just read five verses from uh, three chapters that the Apostle Paul has written there, chapter 12, 13, 14, that are addressing the whole aspect of the gifts of the Spirit. So we just picked five verses. So there is a context to all of this. And then, of course, there's the context of the entire book the entire epistle for Corinthians there's also the context of Paul the apostle himself writing and there's there's of course the overall new testament context so we need to see all of this in context but today i just want to highlight a few things so please forgive me if i don't tell you everything you know sometimes i get some strong emails or sometimes calls from people and they accuse me they say like you're not teaching the whole thing and i because they hear one sermon or sometimes they hear part of a sermon and then they attack. Then I'm saying, if you really want to do the intellectual justice, you should listen to 22 years of sermons, at least. It's all on our website. (laughs) Go check it out and then make a judgment, you know, but generally people don't do that. And so I want to tell you up front, you know, we're only, you know, in 40 minutes, we're only going to share a few thoughts about the gifts of the Spirit. But there is much more. And we won't be able to communicate all of that in 40 minutes. So don't make a judgment just on a 40-minute sermon about a church or about a pastor. or a preacher. Look at their life's work and then make a judgment. All right. Having said that, the things that I want to really emphasize here. First of all, in talking about the gifts of the Spirit. The Apostle Paul, he calls them the manifestation. Of the Spirit. The word manifestation simply means to make visible, to display, to give as evidence. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are the manifestations of the Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit is saying, Hello, I'm here. He's making himself visible, he's giving evidence to his presence, he's putting himself on display. Now, people say, give me evidence that what you're saying is true. Give me evidence that this Jesus faith is real. Give me evidence that the Bible is real. Well, one of the ways that the church is supposed to give evidence is through the manifestations of the Spirit. Are you with me? This is what God said in the church. And so if we suppress the manifestations of the Spirit, we are preventing God from putting Himself on display. Are you with me? Yes or no? Because these are the manifestations of the Spirit. He wants to manifest Himself. He wants to come outside of you and me and say, hello, I'm here, well and alive. Amen? So the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of them listed here, are means by which God is giving evidence to His presence. He's putting Himself on display, the manifestations of the Spirit. And one of the things you know we must always keep in mind. And Jesus said this in John sixteen verse fourteen, talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. He said He will glorify Me. So, whom does the Holy Spirit glorify? Come on. Whom does the Holy Spirit glorify? Jesus. Right? So whatever the Holy Spirit is doing through you and me, through the church, will always exalt and glorify and lift high Jesus Christ. Amen? And therefore, it's very logical to state that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are a manifestation of the Spirit, the end result will be that Jesus Christ will be? Glorified. Amen? That's why he desires to manifest himself. And wherever the Holy Spirit manifests, wherever these gifts are in operation, Jesus Christ will be glorified. Now, in a very simple way, and I'm not getting into some uh, very deep discussion. If you want to read much more, we have a book on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. that's more than 200 pages long if you want to read it. But in a very simple way, I want to just present two points here to convince us that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still for the church today. Because there is part of our Christian church that says, well, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for us today. They, when the last apostle died, everything ceased. We call them cessationalists. That means they believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not in operation today. I want to just do a very simple, simple thing. It's not very complicated. Two reasons why we can say that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still in operation today. The Holy Spirit is in the church today. He has not been withdrawn from the church. Now, one of the scripture texts that people would use is in 1st Corinthians 13 so we just flip over to the next chapter verses 9 to 12 many times and these are well meaning people we love them we're not against them i'm just sharing a response to what many of them would usually say 1st Corinthians chapter 13 verses 9 to 12 many of them would use this text to say that the gifts of the holy spirit are not needed in the church today but let's look at that. First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verses nine through twelve. The Apostle Paul. Now this is the great love chapter, and uh, interestingly, it's in right sandwiched in between the operation of the gifts, and we will we will see why Paul wrote about love in the middle of all of this. But let's look at this passage. First Corinthians thirteen, verses nine through twelve, where Paul wrote. He said, "For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. That means prophecy is is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And of course, he says, we only prophesy in part. So when the gift of prophecy is flowing as an operation, don't expect somebody who's prophesying to know everything about your life. That n- never happens. They will know portions of it, past, present, whatever God wants to minister to you. But it's always in part. We prophesy in Part that's the way God designed these gifts. That's why it's called a word of wisdom. It's not all wisdom. It's a word, a small piece. It's a word of knowledge. God gives us a little bit of information concerning what's happening. So verse 9, we know in part and we prophesy in part, verse 10, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, what many people, and I'm talking about people who say the gifts of the Spirit are not in operation in the church today, they would use verse 10. And they would say, look, Paul, the apostle said, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. And of course, in the preceding verse, verse 9, the apostle Paul wrote that we prophesy in part. So he's talking about the in part is referring to the gifts of the Spirit. And so in verse 10, he The statement is, Paul says, when that which is perfect or complete is come, then that which is in part, that is the gift, will be done away. So the argument they present is that, well, that which is perfect, the Bible has come. We've got the full revelation, the Old Testament, the New Testament. So since the Bible has been given to us, we no longer need That which is in part, which is the gifts. So, this is the basic argument of those who are cessationalists who say, you know, we don't need the gifts. The gifts of the Spirit are not in operation today. Why? Because Paul the Apostle said, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. But we have to be intellectually honest examine the context. What is Paul talking about? Is he referring to the Scriptures or is he referring to something else? We've got to read all the verses around it. So what did Paul mean when he said, when that which is perfect is come? What did he really mean? Was he referring to the New Testament revelation or was he referring to something else? If you look at verses 12 and 13 it's very obvious he's referring to something else because there is a then actually there are two thens in response to his one when he says then we will see him face to face are you seeing Jesus face to face now yes or no not sure (laughs) are you seeing Jesus face to face now There's also a second then in verse 12. Then we will know even as we are known. That means you will know everything the way we are known. Do you know everything now? I mean, you got the full Bible, but do you know everything? So we still need the gifts. The then where he's referring to is not coming of the Bible or the New Testament revelation. There are two things very clearly he stated. He said when we see him face to face. And when we know even as we are fully known. Do you know where you will be five years from now? Which chapter and verse? Do you know whom you should marry? Which chapter and verse? Do you know fully? No. So we still need the functioning of the gifts. And God would use the gifts to help his people in in making their life's journey of faith. Are you with me? So very simple. Very simple. We just have to read the text. And so don't let somebody use 1 Corinthians 13 to tell you that the gifts of the Spirit are not in operation today. We are convinced. That the Holy Spirit is in the church. We are convinced that the manifestation of the Spirit is for us today. If there's ever a time we needed the gift of the Holy Spirit to be in operation, we need them now. Amen? And the second reasoning is very simple. That is, how many of you want to glorify Jesus in your life? We all want to glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit is here to glorify Jesus. But how does He manifest Himself? Through his, come on, through his gifts. So the manifestations of the gifts will result in Jesus being glorified. Now, very a simple, logical question. Why would God take out from the church something that is going to help the Holy Spirit express himself through the church? Why would God take something out? Which is going to enable the Holy Spirit to express Himself through the church because the gifts of the Spirit are the manifestations of the Spirit and they will always result in glorifying Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Two simple reasons. First one is a response to an argument that says we don't need the gifts of the Spirit because the Bible is here. Well, we have the Bible. But we don't see him face to face yet. We have the Bible, but there are a lot of things that we still don't know. And we need the counsel. We need the word of the Lord. Lord we need guidance from the Holy Spirit day to day to make our journey through life. Right? We need the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us. And secondly, it's the Holy Spirit manifesting himself through us that glorifies Jesus Christ. And God would not take that away from the church. So, That brings us to this important truth that we see in the New Testament in these three chapters in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. And that is we must desire spiritual gifts. So let's all say this together. I desire spiritual gifts. See, every believer must desire these manifestations. We mentioned nine manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. And we're not explaining all of them. We'll just spend a few moments on two of these today but we must desire you see when god tells you to desire for something then it's good to desire for it amen you don't seem convinced <laughs> when god tells you to desire for something then it's good to desire for it yes some say no 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 i have no desires well, God created our capacity to desire. We just had to use it for good things. And one of the good things he tells us is to desire for spiritual gifts. It's the wrong kind of religion tells you get rid of all desires. Because God created you with the capacity to desire. So it's not the problem is not get rid of your desires, channel it in the right direction. Desire for the right things, because that gives you the driving force inside you to go after it. Are you listening? So three times. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31, the Apostle Paul, that's towards the end of chapter 12, he says, earnestly desire the best gift. And yet I show you a more excellent way. So notice how he says, earnestly desire. Like, it's like desire square. You know? Earnestly desire. I mean, like, come on, stir yourself up. Be eager and, and, and just go after this. Earnestly desire. The best gifts. Now, what, the, what does it mean by the best gifts? The best gifts are the combination of gifts that are needed for that moment. Those are the best gifts. You see, if a person who is sick, what would be the best gifts? The best gifts usually would be the gifts of healings, perhaps the gift of faith, and the working miracles. You need that combination. If a person is very discouraged, that's not the time. Healing is not needed. The person is discouraged. So the best gifts at that moment would be a word of prophecy. Are you listening? Or if a person is in a very difficult situation in life. In a very complicated situation. You know, maybe financial debt. Whatever. So many things that you know could go wrong. The best gift is the working of miracles. That the miracle power of God comes in to their situation and changes things. Along with maybe the gift of faith and a word of prophecy. Encouraging them that this is what God is going to do in your life. Are you understanding so what Paul is saying is, earnestly desire, what? The best gifts. Desire for it. There's nothing wrong in you desiring. So usually, and people come and talk to me in the office. And the last couple of weeks, have been very busy. We're getting Bible college wrapped up and all that. And so exams, all those things. But usually, uh, people come and meet me in the office. And they're talking to me. And I would say, God, give me wisdom. Give me a word of wisdom. Because if they are telling me about their problem, I'm not trying to address or respond based on my own abilities. I need a word of wisdom. And if it's a situation that we're going to pray about, I say, God, we need the gift of the working miracle to turn those things around. So how can you do that? Because the Bible said, earnestly desire the best. See, you must desire it. What a situation. You know, when I was doing software development, when I had to you know, work for customers doing stuff, I would pray. I so said, God, give me a word of wisdom. How do I design this system? How do I, uh, you know, whatever. So many situations. how do I respond to this call? Or Tomorrow I have a meeting. How do I work with these people? You know, word of wisdom. Is God afraid of the boardroom? He's not. In fact, he's the boss. Right? And He is your source of wisdom. But you and I must desire. Lord, desire. Earnestly desire the best gifts. So at your workplace, at your school, at your college, when you're out on the street. Wherever you are, you can desire. Lord, I I want these gifts to flow through my life. Whatever situation that has to be addressed. You and I must earnestly desire the best gifts. Chapter 14, so Paul talks about love. He says, I show you a more excellent way. That means he talks about love, that's chapter 13. And then how, does he, how do we transition in chapter 14? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. What does Paul say? Let's read it out together, please. Let's go. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. I have a trick question for you. Are you all alert? The trick question is, how many believers must pursue love? Let me try it again. How many believers must pursue love? If you really believe it, if you know the answer, say it loudly. How many believers must pursue love? Are you sure? Next question. How many believers must desire spiritual gifts? You see, it's one verse. If all believers have to pursue love, then the rest of the verse also applies to all. It's very simple logic, being honest. Because in one sentence, Paul says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. And, one more and. So don't stop, no full stop there. And especially that you may say. So we have to be intellectually honest. If you're gonna take part of the verse, you should take the whole verse. No, one by three. <laughs> that only happens in the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, you take the whole verse. Amen. So if all believers are to pursue love, then all believers must desire spiritual gifts. And all believers must especially desire to prophesy. So here's the second reason why you and I must desire spiritual gifts. First, we said because that desire spiritual gifts because that addresses the situation. Whatever situation in, you address it with the gifts, with the best gifts combinational. Secondly, we're all called to walk in love and desire the gifts of the Spirit. It's very simple. Walk in love, desire the gifts. Walk in love, desire the gifts. You see, if you say, I only walk in love, you're disobeying God. Uh, that's, that's pretty hard, right? It's like a knockout punch. <laughs> but that's the truth. Because the God who said pursue love also said desire spiritual gifts. So, Pastor, I just walk in love. That's enough for me. I don't want gifts. Why you don't want gifts? What's keeping you? What's the trouble? Because the God who said pursue love. Also said, and desire spiritual gifts. And especially that you may prophesy. He's the God who said it. Take it. Desire it. Nothing wrong. Wherever you are, whatever your situation is, Lord, let the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow. And you could be anywhere. Other the gifts of spirit flow, Lord, because you said, walk in love, desire the gifts, especially that you may prophesy. That means speak an inspired word from God given to you at that moment. So God's instruction for us is to desire spiritual gifts, so walk in love and desire spiritual gifts. And last thing, same in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, let's read this out, please. Even so, let's read it together. Even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. So, of course, Paul is saying, look, I know all of you Corinthians are very uh, zealous about spiritual gifts. And notice what he, how he approaches it. He doesn't say you need to cut down your zeal too zealous, over the top, out on a limb, off the edge. He didn't say any of that. He said, you're zealous of spiritual gifts. The implication is keep it up, but focus on edifying the So the inference that we draw from that verse is simply this. Spiritual gifts edify the church. Spiritual gifts edify the church. Very simple. So, why must we desire spiritual gifts? Because they build people up, they edify people. And I remember this was, again, this just so if you can sell, tell your stories, small and big, so many. I remember once we were praying in, in a prayer line, and, and this was in North India. When you're during the time, and we have, were doing missions, and of course we're going to resume our mission work trips um, in, uh, in, a, in a, I guess from the month of May or June we'll start. But I remember, uh, and I forget which which place in North India, but you know there's all these people coming in line for prayer, and everything was in Hindi. So I'm not very really fluent in Hindi, but this lady comes up. And she says, I have problems in my home and this and all that. And just that moment, there's a picture of a tailoring machine, sewing machine coming through my mind. Now, we will train us in how to receive words of knowledge and so on, but this is one of the ways. So speaking to my interpreter, I said, ask this lady, does she have a sewing machine in her home? Then he asked, "You know, do you have this? Mach- do you have a sewing machine in your home?" And she said, "Yes." And then I said, "Okay." God is telling her that He's going to meet her need through that sewing machine, through that, you know, whatever work she does. Are you with me? So it's a very simple word. I don't know what's in her house, but as God gives a word of knowledge. You can use that to help and minister to people. I remember another case. You know, this was a pastor's meeting. Finished talking to them. I just went up to a total stranger. And I started just prophesying to him. I said, you know, the Lord is saying that you and your wife, you're going to, I see a school. I see lots of children around. And God is saying he's going to help you fulfill this. And this was a total stranger. And then he testified right after that service. He said, you know, for, I don't know for how so many years, for 12 or 13 years, he and his wife have been praying for exactly that same thing. To be able to start that kind of work. So it comes as a confirmation to them. It comes as an encouragement to them. Are you listening? Right? So many things. It just, it just you know, so... What, are the spiritual, what do spiritual gifts do? They edify the church. They build up people. They encourage people. They inspire people to go forth, to do things. And I, while we were in the U.S., I remember, again, one setting, we were in a hotel, ministering, another meeting, one person came. And I as soon as he stood to me, the Holy Spirit flashed. Isaiah 59, I think it's verse 16. You know, where the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against you. I, I didn't know this person, but those words, I spoke out. Why? Because... At that moment, the Spirit gave. And then after I finished praying, he said, you know what? That's the verse for my ministry. That's the verse that God gave me. I'm about to launch into my ministry. And that's the exact scripture God gave me to start my ministry. It's a confirmation to him. It's an encouragement to him. Are you listening? Right? It could be as simple as that. But God is speaking every day every moment minister as you and I are ministering to people we must just learn to holy spirit manifest yourself through me because the gifts edify the church so what must you and I do we must desire spiritual gifts any time of day any place wherever you are desire spiritual And of course, learn how the Holy Spirit imparts them to us. So we desire, the Spirit gives. Let's say this together. We desire, the Spirit gives. He gives in response to our desire. So that means if you're not desiring, the fault is not His. Are you listening? Because He gave us an instruction. Some people will say, Ah, oh, but the Bible says he manifests himself as he wills. It's true. It says he manifests himself as he wills. But he also gave give us another instruction. Three times at least he said, desire the gifts. Are you desiring it? Because if you're not desiring it, don't blame him. Oh, Holy Spirit didn't will. He's willing. Are you desiring? He is Willing, are you desiring? Because He gives in response to our desire. We desire, He gives. Let's say it again. We desire, He 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 gives. And notice the Bible calls them the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts are freely given, they're not earned. Gifts are not given because you've reached a certain stature of spiritual maturity or because, you know, you prayed so much or you, you know. what. Gifts are freely given. Amen? And these are called gifts of the Spirit. The Greek is charismata, charis, grace. Gifts of grace. But the church makes it. Works amata. <laughs> that means we base it on works instead of charis grace. But These are not works amata. This is charismata. Gifts of grace. Are you charismatic? Yeah. Why? Because I believe in the charismata. In the gifts of grace. But I'm also Methodist. But I'm also Pentecostal because I believe in the Pentecostal experience. I'm Methodist because I believe in being methodical. That's why they were called the Methodists. See, we are very methodical in what we do. We are Methodists. Amen? It's true. Why were they called Methodists? Because John and Charles Wesley were very methodical in their very disciplined. Are you Baptist? Yeah, I'm Baptist. I believe in baptism by immersion. So, let's not get off on that. (laughs) But the point is, the point is, look, these are charismatic gifts of grace. We don't earn it. It's given to us freely. But we too many times put a lot of qualifiers... You've got to pray so much. You've got to be so holy. You've got to dip seven times. Whatever. All kinds of things they put. But relax. These are gifts of grace. All he told us to do was desire it. And it's his power. His operation. His working. And of course we can be trained. Uh, we can learn a few things on how to receive it. Now let's talk about two, two of these gifts and we close. Number one. The gifts of healings. Many of these gifts, just by the name, you can understand what they're intended, to the purpose they intended to serve. The gifts of healings are intended to bring healing to people. And notice both words are in plural, gifts, healings, meaning it's unlimited, these expressions. We can never make a full catalog of all the gifts of the healings. All gifts of healings. Because it's unlimited. How the Lord would heal people. How he would deliver. Gifts of healings. But these are the works of the Holy Spirit. That bring healing to people. And it can be healing for any part of our being. Spirit, soul, or body. Some people need healing in their spirit. They are wounded in the spirit. They are spiritually wounded. Because of you know life experiences. People have hurt, said hurtful things. And they've gone through the... They hurt in the spirit. And a wounded spirit dries up the bones. Huh? Medically, if your bones dry up, it's very bad. But a wounded spirit, what does it do? It's as bad as having... Bones that are drying up. Anyway, it's a different subject. But people need healing in their spirit. People need healing in their soul. That's the mind, the will, their emotions. Emotionally, people are hurt. And they need healing. They're depressed. They're troubled. uh, All kinds of things. People need healing in their bodies. So the gifts of healing address that. Are you with me? So today, the Holy Spirit is in the church. If you're here and you're hurt in the spirit or in your soul or in your body... The gifts of the spirit is one of the many ways. It's not saying the only way. But one of the many ways that you can receive healing from Jesus Christ. He, by his spirit, will administer that healing to you. And it comes as a gift. It's not that you earn it because you were so good this morning. You read 10 chapters before coming. No, it's a gift. Maybe you didn't read a verse. It's okay. You qualify. It's a gift. It's freely given. Amen? And these are supernatural gifts. That means these are not acquired skills. You know, in times past when you read some books on the gifts of the Spirit, the author would say, you know, if you're a linguist, you have the gift of speaking in tongues. And if you're a doctor, you have the gift of healing. And I was like, come on. These are the works of the Holy Spirit. Because anybody can be a linguist. You don't have to be a believer to be a linguist. Anybody can be a doctor. You don't have to be a believer to be a doctor. So if an atheist is a doctor, does he have the gifts of healing that the Bible is talking about? No, definitely not. So these are spiritual gifts, supernatural ministrations of the Spirit, not acquired skills. Now we appreciate all the acquired skills. Thank God for the acquired skills. All of you are, many of you are, you know, professionals. You've trained yourself for many years, many degrees. You've acquired skills. But here we are talking about supernatural impartations. So you've got your acquired skill. Let's say, example, you're a, you know, you're a business person. You've got your MBA, whatever. You've learned all of that stuff. But when the Holy Spirit gives you a word of wisdom, how to solve a business problem, that's not an acquired skill. It's a word of wisdom. Are you listening? So we're talking about supernatural ministrations of the spirit not acquired skills thank god for acquired skills build it up keep learning but we're talking about something that's above and beyond we're talking about supernatural administrations. things that are beyond our ability that god gives so these are gifts of healings given and obviously they result in healing of people and today we say lord let the gifts of the healings let the gifts of healings flow Many examples in the Bible. All kinds of people were healed. Can you imagine? it? The Bible talks about in Acts 19 that the Apostle Paul would pray with handkerchiefs. And they would be taken to the sick. And the sick would be healed and evil spirits would go out from them. That's part of this expression of gifts of healing. Because that cannot be done normally and naturally. It's the working of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine when Peter was walking by 5th Avenue, Main Street? I don't know. His shadow falling on people was healing them. Can you explain it? No. It's just the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Supernatural. But it was real because people came, book flights from all around to come into Jerusalem, to lie on the streets. If it wasn't real, they wouldn't come. The fact is, people were being healed. And so they came from all different cities. Gifts of healings, healing people. Has the Holy Spirit changed? Yes or no? No. No. What has changed? One thing, our desiring. We've become a little sophisticated. But we need to go back, if you, you want to use the word primitive, to, or to the original, simple, childlike faith that believes what's, the, what's in the Bible. Amen? And say, Holy Spirit, you did that in those days. Do it again today. And the working of miracles. What are the working of miracles? It's a supernatural suspension of laws and normal processes in order to do, cause something to happen. There are normal processes. And God has put these laws uh, in place. And man has all these normal processes. But when God overwrites that, when God suspends that, and He causes something to happen, that's a working of? in order to, we see in the Bible that God did that in order to meet financial needs of people. Are you with me? He did that. In the New Testament, there was a coin in the mouth of a fish. Is that normal? No. But God did God do it? Yes. Peter toiled all night. Didn't catch anything. Jesus said, put down your net. There's a net-breaking, boat-sinking load of fish. What was that? Working a miracle. Five loaves, two fish, feeding 5,000. Can't explain it chemically. How did those molecules multiply in the hands of the disciples? Ah, this happened. But the God who created them can work those miracles. Now, the miracle you need in your life may be different. It may be a door needs to be opened for you to step in. Maybe, you know, a, a college admission. It's impossible, maybe, but when God opens the door, that's a miracle. Amen? Maybe, you know, something else in your life. God turns a situation around, God meets a need. It's a miracle. But we serve the God of miracles. And the gift of the working of miracles is still in the church, through which the Holy Spirit manifests Himself. Amen? Worship team, please come. So, this morning, I just want to encourage you and me be convinced the gifts of the Spirit are in the church the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. The gifts of healings, so the working of miracles, the gift of faith, and tongues, and interpretation of tongues, and prophecy, and discerning of spirits. All these gifts are there. And the Holy Spirit is more than willing to manifest Himself through all these gifts. Because Jesus is going to be glorified, and the church is going to be edified. But it's up to you and me to desire these gifts. Amen? So... We must desire on both ends. And I'm closing with this thought. We must desire on both ends. You say, what do you mean desire on both ends? That means if you're standing on the end of being an instrument to minister to somebody, you should desire it. Or if you're on the other end, as somebody who wants to receive a gift to meet a need in your life, you also desire it. There's nothing wrong. Did you understand that? On both ends. Sometimes we are on the other end. God, I need healing. God, I need a miracle. God, I need a word of encouragement. God, I need... We are on that end. Desire. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. Desire. Lord, please minister to me. Sometimes or we are on this end where God is working through you. You are a channel and out of you, rivers of living water is going to flow. And you all desire. Lord just a channel. I desire gifts. Please release gifts of healings. Please release workings of miracles that people might be blessed. Amen? And God you would touch, that you would heal, you would deliver, whether it's spirit, soul or body. Many times along with this, these gifts, demonic powers leave. Bondages are broken. People are set free. Amen? So this morning, before we close and dismiss, let's be like the early church. Simple in our faith. Simple enough to believe what the Bible says. Simple enough to believe that the Holy Spirit still manifests himself by his gifts. Lord, I know we're living in a sophisticated world, but I'm keeping my faith simple. It's childlike. It just believes. It just believes what the Bible says. Just believes that God can move by His Spirit. It believes that gifts of healings and workings of miracles are there today. My faith is simple. I just believe. I desire. I ask. I receive. Because God, is at work. The God of the Bible is the God of today. Amen? Times have changed, but God hasn't. The God of the Bible is the God of today. We're going to take a few moments to, the worship team will lead us in a song, but before we do that, what we always like to do is to give people an opportunity to believe in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to lead us in that prayer. After that, we're going to stand and sing, and then we'll pray. You know, Jesus is real. He's real. You don't see him physically, but he's real. And he is the one who can change our lives. The Bible says if any person is in Christ, he becomes a new creation. So Jesus didn't come to tell you how to turn a new leaf. Jesus didn't come to tell you how to live better. He came to make you and me new people. Religion can't do it for you. Philosophy can't do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. But Jesus Christ makes us new creation. And he's the one who forgives our sins because we need to have our sins forgiven. And he's the one who brings us into the family of God so that we can be son, become children of God, sons and daughters of God. And he's the one who makes us new creation. And the Bible says everyone who received him They received Jesus. To them, he gives the power to become the children of God. That's the greatest thing. Imagine you becoming a child of God. What it takes is that you receive Jesus. Those of you watching online at home, does anyone? If you've never received Jesus, I'm going to lead us in a very simple prayer. It's not about the prayer, but it's about your decision to receive Jesus Christ, this wonderful Jesus. And if you receive him, he forgives your sins. He makes you a child of God. He makes you a new creation. He does that. Many, many, many years ago, I did that. and I can say my life changed. He wants to do that for you today. We're going to pray that prayer, and then we're going to rise up, worship, and pray for healings and miracles. Let's please close our eyes for a moment. To this, anybody inside this auditorium this morning, if there's those anybody watching online, if you have never received Jesus Christ into your life to forgive you your sins and to make you a child of God and to make you a new creation, if you've never done it, but this moment there's a prompting in your heart saying, "I need to do this," then I want you to pray with me, please. No man is compelling you, but this is your heart telling you to do this say this with me if you've never done this before lord jesus come into my life forgive my sins make me a child of god and help me to follow you and you alone the rest of my life make me a new person and teach me how to live as a new creation in jesus name amen 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 anybody here you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time inside the auditorium could you just raise your hand please you want to see if there's anybody here you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time we want to celebrate with you could you please raise your hand anybody you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. Can I see your hands? Anyone? Okay. I don't see any hands inside the auditorium, so I'm assuming everybody has already received Jesus and online. If, uh, if you've prayed that prayer for, for the first time and you've made that decision, please get in touch with us. Just go to the same link uh, abcw.org/slash ftv. Share uh, your details. And we will reach out to you. So let's stand to our feet, please. You know, I know we are already close to the time. So if you need to leave, please feel free to leave. What we are going to do is going to just worship God for a few moments. And then we're going to pray for God to heal, for God to work miracles. We'll take testimonies. But if you need to leave, because we're already close to the time, no compulsion to stay, feel free to leave. But what we're going to do is worship Jesus for a few moments. Then we're going to desire, we're going to desire, Lord, the gifts of healings, the workings of miracles, to meet the needs of people
0: who are here. We're going to do that. Thank you. The one who made the blind to see is moving here in front of me, moving here in front of me. The one who made the deaf to hear is silencing my every fear silencing my every fear i believe in you i believe in you you're the god of miracles i believe in you i believe You're the God of miracles The one who does impossible Is reaching out to make me whole Reaching out to make me whole The one who put death in its place his life is flowing through my veins his life is flowing through my veins the one who does impossible is reaching down to make me whole reaching down to make me know the one who put death in its place His life is flowing through my veins. His life is flowing through my veins. I believe. The power of the risen one The God who brings the dead to life You're the God of miracles You're the God of miracles Come on church, lift it up The God who was and is to come power of the risen one oh the god who brings the dead to life you're the god I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles, one more time, lift it up, Oh, oh, I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles.
1: Thank you, Lord Jesus. So let's all just desire, desire. Now, if you're on the end where you need God to work a miracle in your life or a healing in your life, I want you to desire that. So the Bible tells us desire. So desire it. Lord, I need a healing in my body. I need a miracle in my situation. Nothing wrong, just desire it. On this side, we are desiring that there will be the release of the gifts of healings and the workings of miracles. The gifts of healings and the workings of miracles. Father, we just pray together even as we've heard from your word, Lord, the gifts are in the church. And so we pray that the Holy Spirit will administer these gifts to people. Lord, let there be the gifts of healings just flowing to meet the needs of people who need to be healed, who need to be delivered. And Lord, let the workings of miracles take place in life situations. Let miracles take place. So much so, God, that even in relationships, what I'm perceiving right now, one first thing is this. The people who are opposing you, your enemies, their very face is changed so that they become your friends. The people who are looking at you as enemies, are changed. They become your friends. Anybody here, you need that kind of a miracle in your situations, raise your hand and just say, I receive it. I see hands going up. Say, I receive that, I need that. I don't know what that situation is, but say, Lord, I receive it, that the very people who are against me will become for me. The very faces will be changed. Because God will show mercy to you by causing them to have mercy on you. By causing their whole appearance towards you to change. Just remember, it's God extending mercy, extending His goodness on your life. When they are changed, it's God's work for you. So Father, we thank you. We honor you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, we pray for a release of the gifts. A release of healings and miracles, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. I'm just reminded of a couple of healings that have taken place in the bone, in your, your hand that was injured, and the bone was healed. So if there are people here, and... You've, you've got similar problems. Just lay your hand. Hold, to, hold your arm where, you know, wherever you've, you've been injured. And let that healing take place. Let that healing take place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Let that healing take place. Thank you. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name. We honor you. We praise you, God. Thank you. And Father, whatever healing, in their spirit, in their soul, in their body, let the healings take place right now. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. And even in marriage situations, even in marriage situations, let there be a work of healing. Let there be a work of healing. Now, you might think, this can never change. But the one who turned water to wine, can he not change your situation? The one who made water come out of a rock, can he not turn your situation around? So even in your marriage situation, let the work of God take place. Let the miracle of God take place. We don't have to figure out how it's going to happen. We just walk with God through it. Do your part, and God turn things around. May the God who turned bitter waters to become sweet, turn your marriage situation around, making it sweet. And you just say, Lord, I receive that working of miracles. I receive it for my life. I receive it for my marriage situation. I receive it, God. We thank you. We thank you, Father God. Lord, let there be miracles, healings taking place. Even now, Lord, as people desire it, whether I I say it or not, whether I make mention of it or not, doesn't matter. But as people desire it, regardless of what the doctor's report is, Lord, work a miracle. We honor the doctors. We honor people who are serving us. But God, you're the miracle worker. Work miracles. Do the impossible. As your people look to you for healings, for miracles, do the impossible, do the impossible. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm just reminded at this moment of a of a young child that we prayed for a long some time back. For a long time back, they brought the child with tumors on the head. They'd already done all the tests. Right after we prayed, within the hour, all the tumors disappeared. And I'm just releasing that same healing, that same work. If there are people, maybe you're watching or you have a child and, and, and you are in that situation, the God who worked that miracle will work that same miracle for your child. Whatever that healing is, That your child needs, Lord, children, children who need healing. Maybe they are in the hospital. They are watching right now. The same miracle, God. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again for those children in the hospital, those children who need healing. Do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. And let the parents have joy when they see the work of healing take place. And we thank you, Father. We bless your name. We honor you. Do it again. Thank you. So, Father, we just give you thanks and we give you praise for every gifts of healing, for every miracle that is wrought in the lives of your people in Jesus' name, amen, amen. And what we like to do is to take a moment for anybody to give a testimony. If something happened to you right now, right now, and you can say, you know, a miracle took place, just come forward, take two minutes, just take take testimonies, and then we'll dismiss. Because we need to know that God is at work. Now, one of the things we do tell people is to send in an email, and that's also fine. You you can go home and get checked and do all of that, and go to the doctor and get checked, and we encourage that. But if something has happened right now, right here in this service, while you were here, while we were praying, come forward and just share so that we could just know that God is at work. Anybody here with a testimony, just, just come on up. Don't be shy. Who wants to come? Something happened to you right now, right here. Anybody with a testimony? I will take the first step. Just wave your hands. Anybody with a testimony? Something happened to you right now? What happened to you, Natalia? There's a mic right here. Anybody else? Just just feel free. It's not embarrassing. But if God has done something right now, let's hear about it. Let's celebrate. Go ahead.
0: Um, This is not right now, uh, but I've been praying for... Um, a healed uh, menstrual cycle and this is something that has been weird for me ever since I was a kid but this year I've been healed like every month I want to testify and now I've really just felt led to say it and I know a lot of people struggle with this, like a lot of women have dealt with just this but this is something that God has healed completely and I'm, I'm not doing anything and maybe I should be but uh, God is just like healed that and I think that it's a testimony that I want to share with, with you guys because I believe that God can do it again
1: Amen, Amen Thank God Amen. Thank you for sharing and if anyone else needs that same kind of healing you just say Lord I receive it for myself Amen. Any other miracle, any other testimony right here, just take a moment to share, that's it, anybody else Okay, we're going to close What we want, we encourage you to do is when you receive a miracle, something happened, a healing or a miracle, just send in a testimony to testimony at apcw.org so we have a record of it and we can share it with people. Let's close. Father, we thank you for ministering to your people. We'll have wonderful testimonies that glorify the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit
0: apcwo.org For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store